Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable. We have an affordable ACT course that includes everything you need to ace your exam. A full textbook, tons of ACT questions backed by a memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Also, if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, please contact me at tyler.achievable.me with the subject line podcast topic. Now, let's get started. So today we've got Jamie Smith on the line with us. And Jamie, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am an independent educational consultant. I work with students, helping them find their journeys to college, whether it's community college or a four-year institution or maybe something else entirely. I like helping kids find their way to a great future. Fantastic. And then your companies are Jamie Smith Consulting and, and G3 for people that are curious. Yes, my um, G3 company is an online supplementary education program for uh, a la carte classes for gifted and twice exceptional students. Great. Yeah, thanks so much for that. And then now we're going to jump into the topic, which I think is a really important one. How to look for merit aid when you aren't eligible for need-based aid. And need-based aid is something that's like, if if you're getting need-based aid, you know you're getting need-based aid almost, right? Like, it the the circumstances for it are pretty rigorous. So right. you know, for, this is for, I would say most people probably are in this, who are looking for financial aid are probably in this bucket, right? Exactly. The, the need-based aid requirements are that you have certain levels of income, you know, so you're filling out the FAFSA and it's asking for all of this information about your income and uh, your parents' savings and all of these different things. And then there's a very strict formula to calculate how much need-based aid you are eligible for. But there are right. a lot of middle-class families that don't qualify for need-based aid, but still would find it difficult to pay full price for a lot of colleges. And that's where the right. merit-based aid can really be useful. Yeah. I mean, with college costs just kind of through the roof in the last 20 years, exactly uh, makes makes a lot of sense. I mean, I remember when I went to college, it was, in, you know, I, I started college in 2007 and I was like, this is so expensive. And it's <laughs> gone up, I don't know, probably 30% since then, at least for most places. Yeah, I think so. I won't even tell you what I was paying in the 90s. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, then how, I mean, first off, like, Merit aid, I guess let's just start like what is merit aid, right? Yeah. So the idea of merit aid is that you're being rewarded for special skills, talents, good grades, test scores, you know, whatever you might be bringing to a college that is appealing to them. The tricky mm -hmm. part is that not every college uh, wants to offer merit aid. Uh, so you have to seek out the colleges that are interested in giving that and are looking for students like you, that have your kinds of grades and scores and extracurriculars. And uh, that's where it gets a little yeah. bit tricky because there's that dream of getting the full ride to Yale, but that's not a realistic dream. Uh, those those mm -hmm. super selective schools are not handing out merit aid uh, right and left. They don't need to. Students want to go there, even if it's really expensive. <laughs> right. Yeah. So then how do you first, like, let's, let's start from kind of how do you identify when a school is, you know, more likely to give merit aid or more amenable to it than not, right? Because I would imagine almost every school probably has a, something on their website. Right. It's like, we do merit aid. But how do you, how do you, how can you tell how actually prominent and useful it is? 
Yeah, that's where you have to do some research and really dig into the statistics. Uh, when I work with students, I recommend starting with their GPA and their SAT, ACT scores, if they have them, and comparing those grades and scores to the averages at the schools that interest them. And we look for schools mm -hmm. where they are very competitive, where they have GPAs and test scores that are higher than the average at that school, because that school yeah. then might be using MeritAid to attract top students. They might want to get more high achieving students to attend their school. And so they lure them with MeritAid. So I start with a, a search like that to see where my students are at the, the top of the averages for certain schools. And then from there, yes, it is a matter of checking the websites and seeing what kinds of merit aid they offer. Check the uh, financial side. The uh, Office of Financial Aid should usually have some information there for you. And and what is the information you're looking for? Like, are you looking for like a percent of students that have financial aid? Or are you looking for like a top line number? Like, you know, we gave out 2.5 million last year, and then you divide that by however many people go to the school each year. Or like, how do you how do you kind of use data to inform these decisions and weed out who's actually doing it a lot versus maybe not that much? Right. That's hard. Not all schools are really forthcoming with those details. Uh, but the ones that are really generous usually do say, you know, this is a, a scholarship that we give to X number of students or, um, you know, they'll say some percentage, 50 percent of our students receive merit aid. Uh, so that's definitely a detail you can look for. But I've also seen schools where they have different levels of scholarships and the ones that would give you the most money they say are very selective, very competitive, only a few people get those. And so you can be aware that going into the application process, that one's probably a long shot, but maybe their lower level scholarships would be applicable. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And then I'm curious, um, essentially, are there, are there some sort of usual suspects, right? Like, I mean, something I hear a lot just talking to other people is that if you're in state and you're looking at going to a state, a public university in your state, they oftentimes will be more likely to have merit aid than other school like schools or particularly private schools. Is there anything else like that to look for? Or first off, is that correct? I should probably double check. Right. Um, is there anything else to look for? I think it varies a lot by state. Uh, both public and mm -hmm. private schools offer merit scholarships, uh, but private schools cost more and often have larger endowments to be able to provide merit scholarships. So you might mm -hmm. be seeing uh, larger numbers all the way around at the, the private schools, and it might be smaller numbers at the public schools. So it, oh, got it. Okay. yeah, it just kind of depends. And each school has their own philosophy. Um, there are some interesting things going on because some of these schools are offering merit scholarships right and left. And people say, well, why not just lower the cost of college? Uh, but some schools have tried that with mixed results because there is something about being awarded a scholarship that makes you feel good. So uh, a lot of those schools are still sticking with the merit system and trying to reduce tuition that way. Right. Well, and it's kind of like how uh, nowadays I, I saw some crazy t statistic that like over half of Black Friday deals on Amazon were not actually deals at all. Like they just would jack the price up and then do 50 percent off like for that weekend. Yes. And bring the price back down. That's what it feels it, like. <laughs> it, well, and you feel like you're getting a deal. Right. Yeah. And then also if 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 the school were just let's say you have one school, it's forty thousand dollars a year and they're offering you twenty thousand dollars a year in merit aid. Versus school that's twenty thousand dollars a year, 
you think that the $40,000 a year school is more valuable. Exactly. There is that public perception that the more expensive school is going to be higher quality. And that is not necessarily the case. Yeah, that's a fun thing with education in general. Yes. People correlate price with quality a lot. Definitely. Um, yeah. Well, then, so let's say, I mean, at this point, I then want to kind of focus on the how. Uh, because I feel like, you know, the answer for where to look for it and where to find it is kind of, it depends to do your homework. Yes. Um, so maybe, is there anything else you want to say about the where to find it before we move on to the how to maximize your application? Yeah. Uh, for how to find it, it really is a matter of doing your homework. I say, look for schools that interest you first, that fall within that range. So you're a really competitive applicant there and they want to lure you to their school. That's kind of the sweet spot for right. Meridade. And then research the individual schools to see if they have scholarships. Then the how uh, is a bit more research because you might have to complete a separate application to get a scholarship. Most of the time you don't. Most schools are just offering merit aid and they consider it uh, automatically when you put your application in. So as soon as you apply, oh, okay. you're also in the running for some of their merit aid. Uh, and of course, that's that's the easy way. So <laughs> we prefer that. But some schools don't. And you do have to be on the lookout for those if there is an extra application that you need to submit. Yeah. And if you are building this extra application, I would imagine that, you know, those those top scholarships that you mentioned earlier, the ones that are like, you know, maybe there's a, some famous person's name attached to it or something like that. Um, do those how, like let's say you're building your application for those scholarships. Is there anything specifically that you would recommend people do when they're building these applications? Yeah. I mean, you want to present yourself as the strongest possible candidate and also convince them that this really is the school that you want to attend, that if you go to that school, you're going to put all of your uh, interest and resources into being a great student there and represent them well. So uh, it's time right. to brag. It's time to show off. And I know a lot of students are uncomfortable, but that's really what it's about. You, it's your chance to show off your skills. Yeah. Well, would you also say that, I mean, you, you said one thing that I thought was really interesting there, which is... Um, that you need, want it to be clear that you want to go there, right? So I think, you know, it, would you recommend like emphasizing, essentially trying to almost craft a story that's like, I would love to go here, but I can't normally afford it kind of thing. Like this is my top choice. You could, I don't think it's necessary to get that specific. Um, that might be mm. something that you would do after you've received a financial award letter and maybe it's not enough for you to reasonably attend. Then you would file mm. an appeal and that's the time to really uh, sell your story and explain why you'd love to go there but can't afford it. And sometimes they'll come back with a better offer for you because they really do want you to attend. But when you're applying for scholarships, it's really just about showing what a great student you are and what a great asset you would be to the school. Yeah. And then are there, um, are there specific types of scholarships that people should be on the lookout for? Well, as you said, there are all those uh, named people scholarships, <laughs> mm -hmm. but there are also sometimes automated scholarships. Uh, I know some of the mm -hmm. large public universities basically say, if your GPA is in this range, we're going to award you this scholarship. And that's a, a very nice way to know what you're getting into uh, beforehand. So those are great options. And I would also say it's not exactly merit aid, but there are uh, regional consortiums of schools that get together 
and offer reciprocal agreements for in-state tuition or something similar to in-state tuition. So for example, I'm on the West Coast and we have what we call the WUI, the Western Undergraduate Exchange. And if you live in one of these states, then you can apply to one of the, the schools in the neighbor, neighboring states that's also part of the program and you will automatically get a discounted tuition amount. Um, most of the time it is automated. If you have the right residency, you get it. But there are a few who say, you know, if you have the right residency and this GPA will give you this amount, you know, so it can vary, but that's a really great program that's not just about your student skills, but also taking advantage of some of those agreements. Yeah, that makes sense. And essentially, is it that you're getting like in-state tuition in Washington when, you know, you're from Oregon? Is exactly. That kind of the idea? Yes. And it's usually with the WUI, it's uh, offering either in-state tuition or up to 150% of in-state tuition. So definitely mm -hmm. a decrease from the usual out-of-state tuition. Got it. Great. And then kind of my, la uh, my last thing to ask about here uh, is about early decision, early action, and does that play into f financial aid decisions in the admissions office? And is, is that a way you could potentially kind of try to get into the one place you're really focused on? Yeah, that's a tricky question, thinking about early action, early decision, and financial aid. Early decision is a binding agreement. So when you apply, you are saying, I'm going to go there if you let me in. And so then if right, you get if a you disappointing get, offer, <laughs> right? yeah, if they don't give you a great merit scholarship, um, then you're kind of in a pickle there because uh, that agreement that you sign when you do early decision is really about covering your need, your financial need, which goes back to the FAFSA mm -hmm. and the IRS and those governmental uh, formulas. So when they let you in early decision, as long as they've met your financial need, you are still bound to attend that school. They are under no obligation to offer you great merit aid to make it appealing for you to go. They don't have to, you've committed. Um, early action is a much more flexible solution, but not all schools mm -hmm. offer both. Some only do one or the other, but either of the early options really signifies your interest in the school and can help you get admitted. Um, there are varying reports on the effect that it might have on merit aid. We're just not sure. Right. Okay. I mean, at least early decision sounds like it's a, it's a kind of particularly scary because you're kind of locked in yeah. <laughs> if they do accept you. I always so. advise my students and their parents to go onto the school's website and find the net cost calculator. Uh, to put in their financial mm -hmm. information, the kids' GPA, all of those details, and it will spit out an estimated cost for you. And that is what you your family would be likely to pay if the student goes there. So before applying ED, I say run that calculator and make sure you're comfortable with the number that comes out. Right. And I would even say maybe the comfortable with it and it and that number plus 25% too. Just, yes. Just in case, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have a, Have a little buffer in there. Definitely. Great. Anything else on, on the topic of merit aid that you want to mention here? Yeah, I actually have one more tip. Um, merit aid can sometimes include outside programs. You might hear about a great scholarship offered by a company. Uh, Coca-Cola has a really uh, big one that's popular and uh, they give away a lot of money. But uh, if you are eligible for need-based aid, Sometimes those outside merit scholarships can actually reduce the amount of need-based aid that a school will offer to you. So you're mm -hmm. obligated to report any outside scholarships to the school. 
and uh, they can sometimes adjust your need-based aid based on these outside merit scholarships. So you want to be careful about that. Sometimes those big outside scholarships don't pay off as well as you would hope. Uh, if you're already getting need-based aid, uh, check the school's policy and see what they would do with outside scholarships. What about um, what about merit? If you're getting merit-based aid and you get an outside scholarship, is that a problem as well or not really? It depends. Uh, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It depends on the philosophy of the school and the scholarship program, sometimes who established the scholarship program. Uh, the school's thought process is that if you've already got money from somewhere else, maybe they should take the money they were going to offer you and spread it around so more students have the opportunity to attend. Um, but schools just have different policies on how they handle that. And it's a case by case thing. Got it. All right, great. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. This was super helpful. You're welcome. This has been, yeah, this has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Jamie Smith from Jamie Smith Consulting and G3. Uh, Achievable has a great ACT course that you can try for free at achievable.me, and the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout.